ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 Can we just play Boogie Down Productions and call it a day? I am enjoying the music very much. It's Thank you. It's stressing me out. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. All right, let's. Uh, Why don't we just do a whole show on things that aren't going to happen one day? <laughs> we just talk about them. Jim Bam's not leaving the zone. He's not getting fired. We'll just do things that'll never happen, like a Jeopardy category. All right, let's uh, let's bring on our next guest to try and get some answers, talk our way through this as we uh, bring on our good friend Mike Waters from Syracuse.com. And uh, I guess Mike, let's let's start with the defense. Um, th- these last three games, what what? What has gone wrong on that end of the court? And I know it's been a you know it's been a, defense has been an issue for this team throughout, but it seemed like they were moving in the right direction, and then these last three games happened, and it's like what what's going on? What what do you attribute to the uh, the lack of effectiveness on that end of the court? Well, first of all, in terms of things that will never happen, Stephen Fonte will never get old. <laughs> I mean, would 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 you please age just a little bit? That is I mean, nice of you to say. I sit next to him every day. He's gotten real old. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're confusing old with tiresome, okay. Polly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is he annoying you? Is he like, wait, no, Polly usually annoys Steve. It, um, it definitely goes both ways. He just sits there on days like today quietly smirking, and I know what he's The defense. You know, the last three games, first of all, you've played really good teams. Duke's playing much better than they were earlier in the year. Clemson was at home. Pittsburgh was at home. They're both in the top you know, four in the league. Pittsburgh leads the league. Pittsburgh had a little extra motivation going into the game. Uh, you know, so they were ready to pounce. But you know, essentially, Syracuse's teams are taking more threes against Syracuse. But there's a difference between teams that take more threes and teams that are getting better threes. And Clemson, Duke, Pittsburgh got a lot of really good looks from three. Syracuse has been giving up open looks from three. Teams are always going to attack the zone from out there, and that's fine. But if you're challenging that shot, if you've got a hand in the face, if you've pushed them uh, off the line a little bit, got them out of their comfort zone, well, then you've created a bad shot. Syracuse's defense lately isn't doing any of that. They're not, they're not forcing teams to take any bad shots. Teams are just getting way too many good shots against them. You know, and they, they all happen to be from three point range right now. And, you know, Blake Henson the other night, he missed his first few, but they were all good shots, good looks. And a guy like Blake Henson isn't going to stop shooting just because he missed a few, especially if he thinks, no, these are my shots. And, uh, I heard him tell a teammate after the game in a, in a hallway where he said, <clears throat> yeah, he goes, his, his goal was to take 15 threes in the game. One player was going to take 15 threes. He took 17. <laughs> you know, he exceeded a ridiculous goal. Um, and that's what you know, these teams have been doing to Syracuse. Yeah, you let uh, you know Division One shooters get comfortable, and 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 that's what can happen, Paul. You know, it, it, there's a lot to say that the zone isn't rotating and stuff, but when you're giving up offensive rebounds, right, that makes the three point shot almost impossible to defend because once that ball's rebounded, there's no defender there, right? 
Yeah, the second opportunity three-pointer is always going to be deadly, uh, you know, if you don't get that rebound. So you've you got to do a better job of getting the rebound. Sometimes that's difficult because you're spread out. Uh, if you're defending everybody at the perimeter and you don't always have that man to turn and, and just box out, you know, your primary guy like you would in, in a man-to-man defense, <clears throat> frankly, there's got to be more effort. If you're going to play this way, you're going to have you, you have to – show more if you have to get rebounds outside your specific area you can't stand and watch the ball in flight you have to be moving um you know you got to move your feet uh, while the ball's in the air um like all the great rebounders have you know you know there's a few of the great rebounders that were just big strong guys that boxed out the really great rebounders like Dennis Rodman and those guys, they rebound outside their area. That's effort. And, you know, quite frankly, some of the Syracuse players need to kind of, you know, learn how to play with that kind of effort. You know, watching the games, is it? do you think it's the forwards that are out of position, the center, or are the guards not in the right spot to rebound? Because it seems like the long rebounds are what killed them against Pittsburgh. That's tough. You know, I, I don't think it's just been generally one area because you see some of the rebounds that get tipped around and they're inside, and then you still, you'll see the other team's big man, you know, just reach up and yank it away. And then other times you do have the chase down rebounds. So I don't know that it is just one specific area, like it's just the guards that, that were, you know, failing to turn around and help out or, you know, when the forwards are out of position. Um, no, I think it's been a lot of issues. Yeah. Basically everything except Jesse Edwards. Yeah, Burton got nine rebounds last game, Steve. I tell you what, I stood next to Jamarius Burton <laughs> after the game. Yeah. yeah, Well, he's a big dude. Like He's only about two or three inches taller than me. He's wide, yeah. But, he's, uh, but his shoulders and arms are like a linebacker's. And he's, you look at him and you're like, you know, there's nobody in the Syracuse locker room that looks like that. You know, Physically, my, you know, the same with Blake Henson. There's nobody in the Syracuse locker room looks like that. Uh, and, and I don't know how you compete physically with guys like that, especially with a guy like Jamarius Burton, who has an attitude to go with the body. I mean, he is a bulldog and he fights you tooth and nail. And, you know, he plays with the kind of effort that, you know, some of the Syracuse players need to adopt. You know, Mike, uh, last year when we were talking with Jim Bayon, the, the subject of uh, subbing patterns and rotation came up, and he famously said, and it's in our open of our show, he said, this isn't a chemistry lab, Paul. And as Paulie has brought up, it, it feels like a chemistry lab the last few games. Um, and in terms of, we saw a lot of Quidir Copeland. We saw him early the last couple of games. We saw n- none of Chris Bell. And I know Donna DeToti, your colleague at Syracuse.com, asked the question, was he available? He said yes. He said, was he hurt? Uh, Jim Babb said, no, he wasn't hurt. Um, you know, we saw a ton of Benny, and as a result, and Benny played really, really well. And, and as a result, we didn't see much Malik Brown. How, can you kind of walk us through what we saw on Saturday, what we've seen the last couple of games in terms of, you know, it, we, we've seen guys who haven't played a lot play more and guys who had been playing a lot play less. What, what do you make of the whole thing? I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I think it's a sign of just trying to find an answer uh, where you haven't been getting one for a while, and so you're just willing to try something. Yeah, it is a little bit of a chemistry lab uh, when all of a sudden you're not only not starting Chris Bell for the first time of all year, you don't play him a single minute. 
Um, and we didn't obviously get an answer uh, from Jim Beheim as to, you know, okay, he was available. You know, how come he didn't play? You know, not in a single minute. Um, you know, I just think it's, you're looking for answers right now. You're, you're just, you're, you're, just looking at different combinations. I get quite your Copeland the last couple times uh, because with Clemson and with Pittsburgh, you're playing teams that are really going to be pretty aggressive defensively. You're not looking at open threes most likely. So maybe instead of a Justin Taylor, you move Quadier up in that rotation at small forward, thinking that he's a little bit more adept at putting the ball on the floor and driving. You know, you need to attack pressure. Um, so I think that's why they turned to Quadir for a couple times. And you, you, you kind of anticipated the Benny thing a little bit because you, in the most recent games, Malik Brown had kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, where Malik had a really good run there about a month ago, in the last four or five games, he wasn't helping out as much. He wasn't, you know, getting some of those offensive tip-ins and, and stuff. And teams had figured him out. They were helping off of him. His man was clogging the lane. He was the first guy that dub- that North Carolina doubled off of. The, in the, I mean, Duke. When, when Duke double-teamed Jesse all game long, a lot of times it was Malik's guy. So I think they were looking to make a change in Benny. A little bit more of an offensive threat than, than Malik. And he had actually a very good shooting game against Pittsburgh. Um, so you just, you know, that was a great move. That one worked out. Um, unfortunately, you know, some of the other moves... You know, they're not all going to work out at this point, you know? All right. Um, you know, you look at all the problems that, that we've discussed and, you know, defensive end, you know, Jesse, for whatever reason, um, you know, he's he's been struggling of late even just to find opportunities to score. And, and you know, you said it right there that they're they're going with Quidier Copeland and Benny maybe to provide a little bit more offense because Joe and Judah can't do everything. Um is it already like look ahead to next year, or I mean, do you do you think they can solve some of these problems in the short time that they have left, or is it just you know kind of pack it in and, and go to the off season? Well, in a way, Jim Beheim has said a couple of a number of times uh, this year uh, that this was always a look ahead to next year year. He, you know, he wanted to take these young kids, all these freshmen. They took them for a reason, and they were all going to play. And they have, and so you, you hope it's been a developmental year. So I don't really think anything changes. I don't think all of a sudden now you need to bench Joe Girard or Jesse Edwards and start playing, you know, other kids. I just I think you just kind of continue to look for growth. Uh, you, you give guys more opportunity to get in there and try. And, and listen, the sky's falling right now, but it's really because you've played Duke, Clemson, and Pitt three in a row, two of them on the road. Uh, basically getting each of those teams at the absolute worst time. You know, Duke, when it was finally healthy, Clemson coming off a loss to Louisville, and Pittsburgh when they were mad. You know, they were ready. Um, And playing at home and senior day. So you get Georgia Tech now. A team towards the bottom of the league, a team you've already beaten by, I forget the final score, 17 or 18 down in Atlanta. And then on Saturday, you get an important game. You know, you get a game against Wake Forest, who's right in the mix with you there in the seven, eight, nine seed range for the tournament. And it's going to be your day to be emotionally up. You're going to honor a, an 03 team for the, on the 20th anniversary of its championship. You're going to raise a couple of jerseys for Hakeem Warwick and Jerry McNamara. You're going to have 
likely a pretty emotional senior day with Jesse Edwards and Joe Girard. And, and let's not forget the hometown kid, Simeon Torrance. So, you know, Syracuse has a chance here to feel a lot different about itself by the time they go to bed on Saturday night. You, you mentioned Jesse and Joe for senior day. Do you think this will actually be their senior day? And if it, I don't know that they think about it, but do you go through with the ceremony even if you have the opportunity to come back? Yeah, you do. You go through with the ceremony. I think in both Jesse and Joe's case, while they might have given it some thought in passing, I think really they they've kind of – they. I think they went into this year tabling this whole thing until after the season. You don't make any comments about it. You don't really want to talk about it because you don't know the way the season's going to go. I mean, if you say, yeah, this is definitely my last year, and then you get injured in January and the season doesn't go the way you hope, um, well, why wouldn't you want to come back and take advantage of another year and get healthy and take another run at it? Uh, You know, on the flip side, uh, you know, I, I think at one point last year, uh, a lot of us figured Cole Swider might come back. And then with the way he played down the stretch and everything, and uh, with the way things were, were looking for him going into the draft, it made sense for him to leave. Um, you know, so I know they'll go through senior day. They're probably not going to make any sort of decision or announcement until after the season. I mean, if you go back just, uh, what was it, two years ago? Barama Sidibe went through senior day and was back the following season. Do you have and, a feel? I, and I've seen kids. I've seen kids at other schools do the same thing. Because seems like every year I end up at about three senior days, for, you know, because you you play a couple road games. You know, we just saw Pittsburgh senior day. Now I'm going to see Syracuse in senior day. The past few years, we we've seen a lot of kids with a year of eligibility remaining go through senior day. Yeah, um, yeah, common practice. I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Do you have a feel for who you think is coming back? And I guess Joe and Jesse in particular, like or Judah for that matter. I know that you know. Test the waters is probably going to be a phrase we're going to hear with with Judah. Um, yeah, do you, I mean, do, right. you have a, do you have a strong feeling? I don't. I, I really don't. Those uh, they've all kind of kept it close to the vest. Uh, if they have thought about it much, I mean, I'm sure they say they don't think about it. But how can you not a little bit? Uh, but I'm what what really is going to happen is the real uh, discussions with coaches with their parents. Uh, you know, maybe even with a prospective agent, those those real discussions that are really going to determine what they'll do will, will come once the season ends. So, you know, there's a chance. I mean, you know, you look at a Joe Girard, you could argue he could make more in NIL money at Syracuse next year than he could possibly turning pro. With Jesse Edwards, it's a little more complicated. As an international kid on a student visa, he's very limited in what he can do NIL-wise. I know the university has been trying to do more for him and, and, and talking with his parents. So, you know, I, maybe something changes there, and it makes it more desirable for him to come back. And then with Saimir, you know, you're talking about a hometown kid who's already been at one school, Marquette, before transferring here. I know he really loves being at home, playing in front of family and friends and everything. Probably would have liked a little bit bigger role this year. But, you know, depending on what Joe and Judah do, maybe there is a bigger role waiting for Saimir next season. So, yeah, he'll have a decision to make. I could see any one of them or all of them coming back. I don't know if any one of them will, though, because it's, uh, it's, it's a personal decision and a complicated one for each guy. 
Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, it could be it could be all five starters. It could be none. It could be one. It could be. I mean, who who knows? I mean, it it, it really is a, a different time in in college basketball. Uh, Mike, as always, uh, we appreciate your time. I, enjoy your week, and uh, we'll see you on the TV side of things on Thursday. Sounds good, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. All right, our good friend Mike Waters. You can see him every week on the television version of Orange Nation, Paulie, seven to seven thirty on News Channel Nine. All right, Steve. That was Mike Waters' perspective. Yeah. You want to hit a timeout? Sure. We'll keep the phone lines open. You want to talk about something what? else? I don't know. We'll talk about whatever you want. We'll leave the phone lines open, though, if our listeners want to talk Hughes basketball. 315-437-7644. Eggs are really expensive. I can tell you about my weekend. We could do that off air. We could do that on QSportsTalk.com. All right, yeah, we'll give. Uh, we also have a pair of tickets to give away to uh, the Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech game. Do you want to do that next? Uh, yeah. Why don't we do that now? All right, let's, let's have some now. fun. Let's lighten up the mood. All right, we're going to sweep the nation next. We've got a pair of tickets to Syracuse, Georgia Tech. We also have a a family four pack of tickets to the Big East uh, camping and outdoor show. You so, know, if the Cuse chat's right, nobody's going to call in to go to this game because. Everybody hates life. All right. Let's see. 315 437 I'll ask you a, a, an opponent question like I always do. On the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. All right. Uh, time out here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.